The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo, do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All this melts of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. <laughs> OffTheRecord.com. Fight those tickets. If you don't win, you don't pay. All you have to do is download the app, snap a photo of your ticket, answer a few questions, get matched to an experienced lawyer, and you won't pay for the ticket. Enter code AWESOME to get a nice You're, you're fine, Spinelli. <laughs> Bill Paxton. Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton. See, yeah. Pullman Paxton. Isn't that yeah. what and they look oh, alike? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Everybody yeah. thinks Bill Pullman is so, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton Pax- is Bill Paxton. Was Paxton in uh, Apollo 13? Mm, or was yeah. that Pullman? <laughs> no, Paxton. Wait, Pax. which okay. one does the which one does the Corvette get them wet? Uh, wait. Uh, <laughs> wait, that was the right stuff. No, it was in no. <laughs> the Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, uh, Jamie oh, Lee Curtis. Um, Total Recall? No. 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 Uh, True Lies. True Lies. Remember, yeah. he's like the used car salesman Paxton, or whatever. Wow. Paxton. Yeah, that was yeah. Paxton. And great too. I I love it. He like he like backhands like backfists him and he like breaks his nose yeah. like like violently yeah. like he imagines doing it. That scene is so good. How about this? Yeah. The lead actor in Spaceballs. Oh, oh. Paxton. Pullman, right? Huh. Pullman. Pullman. <laughs> Pullman. Is that Pullman? Yes, Pullman in Spaceballs. Ah. Yeah. Okay, so I, I thought this must be a thing. So I'm like, there's got to be a website comparing the two or it's like a quiz <laughs> and sure Pullman. enough paxton or pullman.com <laughs> yeah. never mistake bill paxton for bill pullman again that's i good. think it's like a training tool actually so yeah. uh yeah that's that maybe that's a handy thing for our listeners to reference. And paxton is more serious right he's taking it he's a, a, a notch up am i wrong by saying that yeah i mean although independence day was ended up pretty serious that's true. That's true. And, I mean, so, B- Big Love was really critically acclaimed. I mean, and yeah, that, was very, that was great actor. Both of them were good. <laughs> but, but, no, Paxton, Paxton, I think maybe the, I don't want to say oh, which man. one is better. You know, to me, <sighs> they're all just That's the same. That's what I say too. I have both their tattoos guys. on my back, so I don't, <laughs> I don't play favorites. <laughs> Dude, now I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's got to yeah. be a, a fun pun uh, for another site. So th- there's Steven Seagallery, uh, Place Cage. Uh, th- th- these sites are they're like placeholder images that, that that are randomly generated. So if you need like a particular aspect ratio, and if you're building a website, uh, like you can go to StevenSeagallery.com and you'll get some Steven Seagal <laughs> GIF or or image, and it's and it's auto generated, right? So you never you never get the same image, and then you can do the same thing with Place Cage. There's Phil Murray, which is my favorite one because you're filling like the space with an image. Uh, but yeah, there has to be some Bill Paxton kind of uh, vibey sort of punny thing for this, I think. It has to be. Okay, Paul, um, Pullman yeah, was so in. Uh, Pullman was in that movie Bottle Shock. Igby goes down. He's in some, but I think he has more of a character actor than Paxton. Paxton might have Paxton, more leading Paxton's roles. Up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pullman, Pullman, yeah, Pullman is. 
like sort of the nice guy and Paxton's played both, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Pitt, Pullman is sort of like the guy you could relate to. Ah, oh, shucks. Yeah, it's Bill Pullman. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like kind of young <laughs> Brian McQueen hair going on. And, uh, yeah, totally. is. yeah. Yeah. Which I'm jealous um, of. And Paxton's done a lot of different kinds of things. I mean, I probably Pullman has too, but I don't remember Pullman like being a real piece of shit. <laughs> no. In the, in the no, 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 no. <laughs> like, no, I don't think like, so. That's in his contract. Like I'm not, I'm not doing yeah. it. I'm yeah. not doing. It. By the way, this is a this has been our segment, Paxton or Pullman on Driving Well Awesome. Uh, if you have any questions, write in, call in. And we'll every get week, to them. every week, every week we, we start off with a good Paxton Pullman uh, debate here. Yeah. Are we uh, going live on the old YouTube? We're we're on it, dude. Oh, good. It's yeah, all, we're way live. We're sweet. live, live in live for days. Welcome, nice. Welcome to Driving Well Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane. I am Art. I'm Brian. And on pause. Calling in from New Rochelle, New York. (laughs) I'm Mike. Mike Spinelli. Spinelli. How are you, Michael? Good, 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 good to be here amongst all of you you people. Thank you. I mean, this is like a big podcast. Usually it's like one on one or like a couple of people, but this is like, you know, you guys, it's like the Brady Bunch with all the different. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I know. I know. Now, we considered doing like the, the handoff before for people. Like maybe we can <laughs> pass each other a beer. Uh, I, I wish like, we could pull that off. Way too hard. Yeah. One of these uh, days we'll be able to do that. Uh, we all pass a beer around. That'd be uh, so you can good. do it. I can. Do you have a bottle of water? We could we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. But it'll change brands as it goes along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the Thule one? Uh, no, I, well, thanks for joining us, Mike. Um, how's things out in New York today? Well, nobody is, uh, I mean, there aren't any, well, I'm, I'm looking out the window because, you know, this is where the, I mean, we, I think we talked about this once before yeah. um, during Radwood. Uh, the, um, the, the uh, what is it? The National Guard is not in New Rochelle anymore, and we're, we're outside of the, um, you know, the, the zone that, um, where the first, it, you know, first COVID, uh, thing. You're ground zero for COVID. Yeah, no, I, I, I did, it was supposed to be like a minor riff and it turned into like, <laughs> cause I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah, Michelle, it's fine. How's the weather? <laughs> What's so great about that is that you asked me like the, the, like the so- softballist, Softball. Like, <laughs> you're like, my mom's dying. But it, I like, uh, I like how when somebody triggered you there. And that was the trigger. There was a word or trigger clause in there. And then, uh, you basically what we did is it, it's like one of those weird science movies. See, we pressed the button that kind of short circuits them. Yeah. So we got to get back to this. Um, uh, by the way, um, short circuit, great movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I will movie. kick your yeah. ass into outer space. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, straight. How, how what, what was come up dude, with that little robot was so rad. Yeah, remember because he learns how to talk from the Mexican gangster dudes. So he yeah, goes, yeah, exactly. He goes, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. I will kick your ass into outer space. And doesn't Man. he get a rainbow tattoo? He gets a, oh, he gets a rainbow so. tattoo. Yeah, yeah. The, robot, yeah pretty... uh, the robot gets a tattoo. Yeah, hell yeah. I got I, I haven't seen that since 1987, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. All right, so uh back to New York. New York is good. The weather's good, Mike. Um Yeah, weather weather's finally good. It was really really hot like it is on the West Coast now, but it's always it was really humid, which apparently was humid on the West Coast. It's so, so humid right now. right now. By the way, I'm yeah, getting a phone call from right New now. York right now for no reason, but uh I don't think that's me. Oh, nice. I'm that that's 
Instagram's listening. I know. You are? I know. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's muggy. We muggy. have, we have forest fires that were started by lightning storms last week, which is super unusual <laughs> here. And, uh, yeah. yeah, no, no AC out in this part of the world. At least I think Brian uh, might be the only one that has AC out of all of us. I do have, I have AC. AC. Art, you have AC? I'm in the valley. Oh, yeah, we have AC. Fucking, but, but I'm sitting in my garage uh, right now and I don't, oh, don't have right. AC yeah. in my garage. And I'm just getting, I, I have a fan here that's just pumping the smoke straight at me oh, and I'm just nice. sweating. It's like, I don't I know. know, like it's definitely like, more, more dying. muggy in my garage than outside. And yes. so Brian, it's, a, it's kind um, of a terrible scene. Get, how are you doing on the uh, odor side of things? I mean, what, what kind of smells are we dealing with here? I, that that's a reference to a previous podcast, isn't it? I forget. Yes, it is. I forget what I said. <laughs> oh no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I uh, since that podcast, I'm wearing deodorant regularly. Art, so that okay. uh, keeps everybody in the right smell space. Smell like space. It's, if it's that hot everywhere else, what is it in the valley? Two hundred and fifty degrees. It's one hundred and ten, yeah. and then I think Death Valley was one thirty. Oh, yeah, hottest temperature oh since nineteen thirty on the planet. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah. Really? That's where your shoes melt to the ground, literally. It, oh my. It's crazy. I think it beat Afghanistan. I mean, there was a, there was, I think there was a, a Saudi think, Arabia, wasn't there? Like a 127 or, Arabia, yeah. or uh, something like that. Uh, was it Mazari Sharif? It was like, yeah, it was a high rate, 127 or yeah. something. And then it's like Death Valley's like, yeah, I got this. Um, that's hot, dude. Uh, yeah, that's really hot. And uh, the humidity, uh, I mean, the humidity may get you, but that 130 is going to get you also. <laughs> yeah. 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 It wasn't as funny as it sounds in my head, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's the difference between being steamed and grilled, right, guys? Oh, uh, boy. reference there, yes. Roasted. <laughs> hey, Mike, real quick hot question dog. here, just to get on the same page with everyone. Um, if you're going for a hot dog, and there there's two vendors, one is boiling the hot dog and one is grilling the hot dog which do you and by the way to? boiling uh, whatever they do it. boiling by boiling we mean whatever the street vendors do in new york it's city steamed. Whatever that is. it's steamed but let's just say boiling for uh, arguments sake. Right, you're, you're you're killing me because i grew up in westchester county so i grew up eating walter's hot dogs so walter's were grilled with the buttered bun totally okay. not and then i moved to the city and then and and well i mean we i Grew up going to the city and it was boiled too. So I grew up with both and I, I feel like I can't, I swear, and it's, I'm not dithering. I can't choose because I love them both. Yes. Um, <laughs> I do. I just, I, yeah. I mean, Walt, Walters used to split the, I mean, they're still there. They split them and they grill them wow. and then the buttered bun thing. It's very not, it see, it sort of feels like it shouldn't be in New York. It should right, be somewhere else, right. but, but I'm a sabrette guy basically and like the dirty water dog all day for me so there you uh, go all, either, either of those things i mean i'm fine. yeah split it, it was not literally it, yeah it was not uh <laughs> it, it was not as even uh with our audience it was very one-sided there was a there were a lot of fans of the grilled dog a lot of hate for the boiled dog or steamed however you want to call it um art yeah. and i are more traditional and we were kind of jumping on that boiled dog is okay even though gross bandwagon. traditional by the um, way the fire has been around for a lot longer than boiled like well that's true boiling came so second. what you're saying is you're saying is cavemen <laughs> made sausages and uh, yes, roasted yes exactly exactly <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't speak to the history because i really don't know actually i was just thinking street dogs and what you see you know more like in the streets yeah. sort of thing that being said real quick i have a feeling that um you know, and now I'm curious, like, did 
hominids or whatever, or early uh, our early ancestors, did they throw shit into a into a some kind of um like caldera, you know, like this to cook a dog or hot some spring? dingo hot spring before dog? hot spring before they actually uh roasted shit? No, no fire. way, dude. <laughs> I don't know. No way. Were we already that advanced by the time they put they boiled something? Yeah. No. <laughs> I think they were like, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, they probably put the thing right into the fire first. Like that doesn't, exactly. I mean, unless, unless humanity started next to Yellowstone. Like, <laughs> That's what I was thinking, by the, the way. Yellowstone the, Indians, the bison fell in the hot spring and they're like, holy shit, bro- fucking boiled is pretty good. That smells delicious. Yeah. That smells yeah. like too. Yeah. But you let's, yeah. you know, let's be honest. Uh, this wasn't from the dawn of humanity. It was much later that they came up with taking all the scraps from the floor and putting them in a casing to yeah. like put together I, all the bullshit and sell it as hot oh, dogs. Yeah, that sure. came much later, well after pots were invented where you could boil water. So it was probably right. equally as likely. But yeah, yeah. Well, there, there are arguments. We got into very like, you know, you know, I was pulling references from the from the interwebs where it's talking about like you need 155 degrees and it's very hard to achieve that uh, on a grill. Uh, you know, so it's super important that you're careful about keeping it away from the heat if you are going to grill it. And, you know, you can sous vide style almost like keep it at a perfect temperature when, when it's boiling and that really it's more of like a utility thing i would guess for street dogs it's like let's keep them hot yeah. long term it's much easier to do this than fry on demand right or, or or grill on demand yeah totally all right can i just say thing something about boiling is that for me if it's boiled it has to be a sabret hot dog and i don't know whether you guys what does have that mean yeah so so new york city the new york city most of the vendor dogs are Sabret dogs. Sabret's the brand name. They're they're thin or they're they're the narrow, narrow I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not girthy, is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but they have a snap to them, or or a, you could say a snap, snap, but you never say. Snap. You <laughs> no, yeah, snap. We're all about the snap. There's a snap to them, even if you yeah. boil them. And the yeah. other thing is, so that so this consistency is good even if you boil it. And I get that that's a big problem when you boil most other hot dogs. Like if you boil like a, you know, Oscar Mayer, whatever, it's going to be a mushy piece of crap. There's nothing that you're never going to get a good hot dog unless you do a sabret. There's also bests, which are like sort of lesser sabrets. Although they're, I think best, best, yeah, I know, it's it's weird. It's best, 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 all right, but wait a minute. The thing about New York dogs is they are also a medium for whatever you put on them, right? So Mm. nobody's eating a New York, I mean, I guess you could have it with like mustard, but if you have have it with ketchup, you're an imbecile anyway, that's I'm not going to talk about that, but um, uh, you could just put uh, mustard and that's fine, but basically it's like tofu. Right. It's a medium for the onions and the sauerkraut, mm. the mustard, whatever else you put on it. Mm. So I would never like even, you know, I, I, I miss New York dogs because I live outside the city and I can't really get one even, you know, dirty water and all. But ultimately, like I would never have one with just mustard on it. It is mustard and sauerkraut yeah. at the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. So I get like everybody it's else a, is a good looking point to at bring it. up. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's looking at it from a very realistic point of view about the hot dogs that they have in the store. Um, and then what, you, what they can do with them at home. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I would never boil a hot dog. Um, if I were making it for myself, I think most of the time. Yeah. You're basically a psychopath if you do that. Uh, what do you, and <laughs> how does everyone feel about a Dodger dog with no casing at all? Fuck the uh, Dodgers. 
Regardless, yeah. the dog <laughs> is good, right? sure. not good. <laughs> well, what is the deal with that? I don't know. Garlic I don't fries. know anything. No casing, so no snap <laughs> ever. So How does it stay the, together? The, it's like a raw sausage. Yeah, it's like a raw. It's like a piece of. It's like a bunch of meat without a casing. I don't know how to explain. Well, like what a, about like a, like a, no like a chicken nugget? Like it's hard to picture like a, how that works. Like a chicken well, nugget, like, but with no bread. Like, what are those little the, those little wiener Frank the little tiny ones the cocktail wieners? Yeah, those yeah, have a casing. That, yeah. So, but they don't. They're super mushy. Oh, no, like you're they, describing. They got a casing. They, got they, a casing. Casing they do. Yeah, yeah. As I'm, just, I'm picturing just compressed meat. Maybe it's maybe it's cooked. And boiled or whatever while it's compressed. I th- I, you I know think. what? I think we're getting a little too deep on this topic, actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Warren, have people asked us questions? <laughs> yeah. And then you got, by the way, I'm not really that. I'm just going to, I'm going to admit something. I'm okay with ketchup on hot dogs. I'll, I'm okay with anything on hot dogs. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Dude, no. Yeah. Pe- people are writing you in already. Man. It's over. Yeah. Imbecile. <laughs> <say imbecile. laughs> I know. I felt bad about that. I think imbecile was a little harsh. <laughs> Uh, Dante yeah, on YouTube is, is. Uh, Dante on YouTube is saying, "How do you guys feel about a pan-fried ham dog? That's a hot dog cut and splayed out and put on a burger bun. Desperate bread situations call for desperate bread measures." I, I mean, yes, I'm in. Yeah. Yes, I'm butterfly, I'm yeah, butterfly hot dog. Yeah, yeah, I think pan-fry anything. I think pan-fry yeah. is a okay with me. It's like yeah, and I'm I'm down with it. Throw it all in the pan. I know the butterfly thing is pretty like, you know, there's a lot of one side this and one side that, but I'm down for as much like outer, like nice area to get a sear as possible. So I'm yeah, down, yeah. especially with like shitty meat, like hot dog, you know, yeah. like yeah, a hot dog. So, that thing up. Yeah. No, I mean, I really like to up. just cut it down the middle and boil it. That's really what you're after. <laughs> <laughs> just, why don't you just mince it and then boil, boil. it? And then you brush your teeth with the water when you're done. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I see. I'm not from the Midwest, but I I could get down with a, a fried bologna sandwich. Like yeah. I, that that's a that's a I guess that's a Midwestern thing. It's a fried bologna. I mean, or it could down. be. I mean, Hawaii. Yeah. You know the Hawaii spam too. spam musubis. Spam. You know spam fried spam sandwich and the, with the yeah. rice. On, and, oh, it's great. On a, on a Hawaiian, what's the Hawaiian roll? You King, know, yes, yeah, so Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Oh, Hawaiian roll. Yeah, yeah. 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 What's yeah. the Hawaiian roll called again? Kings. Kings. Now I'm starting. It's <laughs> yeah. a Hawaiian yeah, roll. Yeah. Yeah. Called, yeah. called uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Samoan, Samoan roll. Samoan. What yeah. is that? Tropical <laughs> paradise. Polynesian. Tropical. Polynesian. Yeah. Um, well, we do have uh, our first episode here is concentrated on questions from our listeners, and we have a few. Hopefully, we'll get some more chiming in on uh, on the YouTube's here, but. Uh, the first one is a bit of a doozy, and I think it's aimed at Mike. Uh, are you ready, Mike? I don't know. I'm not really sure. I need <laughs> it's a kind of heavy, right? Starting off with a doozy. I know, I know. It's um. Heavy, what yeah. are your thoughts on Biden versus Trump? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just joking. <laughs> <with you. laughs> um, <laughs> you should remember. Hot dogs are great. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Great. It's not quite that bad, but uh, big fat flip who I think is also watching us on the YouTube uh, is, is asking, what are your current thoughts on the state of Jalopnik? And maybe you could have a little uh, backstory with your connection there. Wow. Um, wow. Okay. So I, so I started Jalopnik in 2004 because I mean, I'll do the short story cause I, 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 I can make it really long cause it's, it's a crazy, stupid, crazy story. Um, you yeah, know, we like crazy, stupid stories. Yeah. All right. All right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I it's had a job. Our interests. Yeah. It's, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm sure you've repeated I, I, it a million times, but 
<laughs> my first second job, my first big boy job out of college was at a, an internet uh, research company called Jupiter. And um, working at Jupiter was like, you know, it was, it was internet 1.0. This is 97, 98, 99. Um, and, you know, we just got really into sort of how the internet worked, what, you know, it was like, that's what we did is we, we, it, you know, if you were launching a startup, you basically had one of the Jupiter numbers of, you know, number of subscribers, uh, or no, a number of, um, let's see, people who will buy books online in 2000, right? I mean, like you, we projected out, we, you know, it was a lot of research that we did. So it was a kind of a neat first job out of school, um, for a journalism major because there was, you know, everything was all of a sudden on its ear, right? I mean, every, everything I learned to do was totally irrelevant and everything that I ignored was all of a sudden super relevant. So I, it was a kind of an, it was the beginning of, it was kind of the beginning of the commercialized internet and that was kind of fun. But then after that wore off, I kind of got spit out the other end when, when the, um, when the whole thing crashed down. Um, and I ended up working at IBM doing uh, market research. And it was, it was, I didn't even work directly for IBM. I worked for another company and was doing market research about their, you know, their mainframes and their, I mean, just like all of the, 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 the um, non-sexy machine shit that, that IBM did is what we did market research on. So um, I, I needed, I did, I was doing that. I needed to get out of there. And I found out that, Nick Denton was looking to start a car blog and um, Nick, I had sort of known Nick through his blog and through the internet wor world of New York city. It was, it was very sort of insular, insular kind of thing. Um, and so everybody kind of knew each other. And from a friend of a friend, I found out that they were trying to start this car blog. And I'm like, huh, that would be interesting. I mean, I, I like cars. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if that's something I could do all the time. And I was looking to get back into writing, do something more creative. And, and I was like out of my mind doing this really sort of di very Dilbert like job. I mean, and this, yeah, is, IBM, this is like 99 nine ish or 2000. This is 2003 like right ish. Yeah. This yeah. is like early 2004. Right. Right. After, so mag magazines. IBM. Magazines, you know, like I, re I remember still subscribing to Auto Week and I would, you know, like magazines yeah. were absolutely still as relevant as when we were, you know, much younger. Total, you know, yeah. no one's yeah. like predicting the demise of them at this point, really. I mean, in sort of, right? So it was okay. like there was, there was still a lot of ad spending, especially in 2004. There's like OEMs knew that, or, you know, automakers knew that they needed to get the magazines. Uh, because that's where all the car people were. Even if, like, if you were selling devices, basically device magazine or, you know, PC magazines were starting to see things crumble for them earlier than cars. Because cars still had a little bit of an older audience, um, you know, a, a little bit more entrenched advertising um, relationships between the magazines and the OEM. So it was like a lot of, a lot of things that were holding that in place. But the car lounge, I mean, I was on the car lounge every day. Um, and remember the, remember the car lounge, anybody? Yeah, um, we remember the car lounge. VW Vortex? So, well, Art, Art yeah. does, but we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Art does. Um, but, but it was like, yeah, I mean, there were, there were fan forums. I mean, or, or there were forums and then there were, there was the car lounge and, um, there was a lot percolating in the automotive space outside of magazines, but before native digital stuff. I mean, Autoblog 
hadn't even really, I guess they had started. So Autoblog was around. Um, and then there were some, uh, European blogs. There was, uh, World Car Fans, which somehow had re- access to all of the PR stuff. So if you wanted to read like the latest press release, like World Car Fans had it at the same time that the magazines got it. So all of a sudden it was like, Oh wow, we don't actually really, I mean, other than like test drives, like we didn't, we don't really need the front of the book anymore, the front of the magazine. Right. So all the stuff that was before the feature, well, was becoming, you know, was the, really the first to be disintermediated by, by, by the internet. So, so anyway, yeah. So, so um, Nick didn't know anybody else in New York who, was even remotely interested in writing about cars or a, or knew anybody who had a journalism degree and could write about cars in New York. I mean, there were, I'm sure they were there. Like, I don't know. I, we didn't, I didn't know any other like car writers from New York, although as it turns out, they were there, but they were writing for, you know, mainstream magazines and stuff. So yeah, Nick just sort of threw me, threw me the keys and was like, yeah, here's this car blog, go do it. And I was like, well, what's it going to be called? And there, he was like, oh, all right, well, let's get together and we'll all open a bottle of champagne and we'll try to figure out a name. You know, so, um, and then, and back then, like all of the Gawker sites, or at least the ones that were coming out around that same time where they were expanding, um, had to represent the name of a person doing something, right? So it was, uh, defamer, uh, Gawker, obviously. So, you know, defamer, Kotaku is, you know, Japanese slang for, for gamer. Um, what else? There were a few other sites, um, that were coming out at the same time. His moto had already been out. So that was kind of outside of that, but, but, but yeah, I mean, they want, so he really wanted a name, a car name that represented a person doing something or being a car person and everything was taken, you know, piston heads is taken. Oh, like. Yeah. I don't know, like, and everything else sounded silly and well, it's silly. I shouldn't, I, I mean, it's so, yeah, it sounded awkward. Um, uh, and we just said, okay, when well, we did this sort of refrigerator magnet thing and like, you know, right. what name car and person, like, and somehow jalopy and beatnik or Sputnik or, but beatnik really, I guess. Sputnik. But Sputnik, yeah. I'm a Sputnik. Um, yeah, so those two words popped up somehow at the same time. Somebody said Jalopnik. I don't think it was me. It might have been me, but, but I really don't remember it being me. And Nick immediately latched onto that name. It was, it was like that chef's kiss. Like that's the name. And I was like, no, that's not the name. What are you crazy? <laughs> um, so yeah, and then Nick, I mean, he registered it right there. Cause I mean, that the pro, I guess the problem is that a lot of, Domains had been taken even by 2004. Yeah. So Jalopnik was the name and I panicked overnight. And this is the story that I always tell is that like, I woke up in the middle of the night going, what the hell am I doing? I just quit my job. Well, I didn't even quit my job because I was doing IBM and this on unbe- sort of weirdly unbeknownst to IBM. But, um, I had enough time to do a few posts during the day and before and after work. So I was like, all right. I mean, I called up Nick and I was like, listen, I don't think this isn't the name. This is really silly. It's like, we're not going to, no one's going to take us seriously. It's just the most insane thing. And he was like, no, it's perfect. Just lean into it. I don't think we had the term lean into it back then. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Head, head down, <laughs> maybe? Head, head down. <laughs> head down. Um, I own it. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, and that was kind of the thing. I was like, oh, well, screw it. If, if I'm, it's going to be called Zolabnik, I'm going to make it 
Jalopnik. I'm going to make it about Jalopnik. I'm just going to, and it really, I just came up with a, um, well, I started out very, it started out very sort of standard and I didn't really have a voice to it. And it really took a while to figure out what the hell I was going to be doing there. Cause I mean, I did a bunch of posts before we even launched. So I did two weeks worth of posts and we hadn't even gone live yet. Um, so it yeah, has some, I mean, the, ca- well, the crazy thing about this idea jumping into it is the cadence is insane, right? I mean, it's not yeah. like anything, uh, in, uh, printed media that you, you know, goes through all this review. It's like, you've got this portal that's open 24 seven, 365. Right. You got to fill it with stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I wake up to kind of mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. It was really, I just, I didn't really think about how stupid it was to do that. Um, I, and, and it, um, and I didn't know what I was doing. It was really stressful in the beginning, in the beginning. The good thing was that back then pro blogging wasn't like writing now, like right now you can't really, I mean, because of SEO and all kinds of other things, but you don't really want to write anything that's under three to 500 words. Right. Back then, I mean, it, there was a lot of curation and it was a lot, a lot of like, Oh, look at this cool thing. Write a few, you know, snarky words about it and then boom, send them off there. Um, so there wasn't a lot of feature writing, at least at first. So I didn't have to worry so much about that, but like I did have to fill the site with 12 to 15 to 20 some days of, you know, of, of posts. And, um, and I, I went to car lounge obviously a lot. Um, I went on the forums a lot and then I sort of started messing around with the European sites because they were especially world car fans because they would update, you know, on European time. So when I woke up, they had all new stuff and I'd be like, boom, you know, there were new press releases there every day. There was stuff coming out from, you know, autoblog the Netherlands and, um, it's almost Even like import the- export business at that point. You're just like <laughs> yeah, exactly. bringing Europe over to the, I mean, uh, the States. Was, yeah. was, there was a lot of weird time arbitrage, I guess. And, and yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah. And it was sort of like, I just developed this voice of the crazier, ver- like the crazy version of me, like the one that it just has no, it just sort of, a lot of it was just, um, was, was stream of consciousness I just whatever I thought of at the moment, because I had to get the next one done and I had to find the next one. And it was just me in the beginning. So, I mean, I think a lot of that stuff, a lot of that weird voice um, just came out of my desperation to fill the site every day. Um, and it was, and it ended up being fun, but it was like every day was, um, we, we, there was a bit of stress and I couldn't really leave the house. And I was like, I didn't have anybody else to work there. Um, and, and, and to make it even more fun, uh, Nick Denton and, uh, Jason Calacanis, who owned Autoblog back then were sort of, I, I, I don't know if they were frenemies or they just had this rivalry that Nick was like, you gotta beat Autoblog. And I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna beat Autoblog. They're like five guys there. Um, although I don't know if there were that many at the beginning. I mean, it was, it was Dave Thomas, who's now was at cars.com for a while. I don't know where he is now, but no, anyway. He's the was, president of Wendy's, actually. Yeah, 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 that guy. That's right. It's poor Dave Thomas. I was like, the only thing that every oh, how's your dollar chili there, bud? Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's how that's how the thing got rolling, and um, and then by so that was October two thousand four, 
And then by March 2005, we had kind of done well enough for Nick to say, hey, why don't you quit your job and do this full time? Because I was still only part time. Um, and the first thing I did was I went to the um, I went to the Geneva Auto Show because Geneva had allowed was going to allowing bloggers in for the first time. Um, and I thought that was cool. And flights to, to, uh, flights to Europe were so cheap back then. It was ridiculous. And I I don't, it it was, I think it cost me, I mean, it cost the site maybe 500 bucks to get me there. And then I stayed in Bern and took a train in every day. It's like total, like, I'm telling you, I earn, here's the thing. Like I know a lot of auto journalists kind of live the life of, you know, flying first class and going to car launches and all that shit. I fucking earned that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I did a lot of this stuff. Just total, like I would have slept in a, in a parking lot to get to the, um, inside the, the, uh, the show earlier than whoever the other bloggers. Right. Were. Um, and so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, cause there, it, I mean, it's crazy. Like it, it's a very, it's a very cool story. I mean, because it's like, I mean, one, I just have to note that the hustle had to be crazy for, I, I forget the date when you said, you know, you said you started October and then I forget the date when you said March. basically you were going to quit March. So those months, yeah. those months, I mean, I just have to note that that hustle was real like that coming up with all that content while you have a, 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 a day job, just that's blowing my mind right now. But, uh, this is like such a cool time where there's like the established, uh, media community and you're like basically dirtbagging it and sneaking in. Like it, it yeah. it's just very well, cool. It's really funny because, you know, I, I think that, I mean, for all of the, you know, I just, I really benefited from being there at the right time. Right. Because it was the, it was the perfect time to have that kind of hustle and, and just to do that thing, like, because they were letting us in for the first time and mm-hmm. I was going in and there were all these, even the young guys at, at car and driver and, and road and track and everybody, they all wore suits back then. Like it was all a very mm-hmm. formal kind of thing. And, you know, I would walk in there, uh, wearing kind of whatever. And I would see like the, the guys from the European blogs who knew who I was. So we kind of became like, really tight. And it was really, it was really interesting, like to, that there was a, a community of bloggers back then. Um, and we all helped each other out. Like when we had scoops, I would, I would share them with, with the European guys and they would do the same thing for me. And, um, yeah, it was like an esprit de corps a lot back then because it was, um, it was us, it was, you know, there was that sort of feeling of us against them. Um, even if we weren't really, against them because we didn't have the resources that they had. We were just creating a new way to consume car content. It was I really can imagine not- though that early on, I mean, as you're describing it, you go in there, you're like, you know, you're all like, you're whatever, rocking your pajamas. And, and these guys are rocking suits. They, they've got the, they've got the right uh, business card, right. Or whatever they're at road and track. And they're like, here come these bloggers or whatever. I imagine yeah. there was like a little bit of like, definitely you know, a, friction, you know, kind of yeah. condescending sort of vibe maybe from them. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. It really depends on the person because a lot of the people that I met from, from the car magazines then are the guys that I are still, I'm still friends with now. And it's really like, I didn't realize so many of them were reading Jalopnik. Oh, cool. Uh, and, and a lot of the PR guys were too. It's just that they, they couldn't really allow me access in the same way the magazines had, or even though some of them sort of did. I mean, they were, 
like the thing is, it was an age thing, right? So there were a lot of the younger employees of OEMs and, and the PR guys that were younger uh, were down to experiment with what the bloggers were doing, even though we were a little bit out of control. I mean, I was, I don't know. It was like, I would, I, it's, I wasn't going out of my way to be mean because I thought that was lazy, but I mean, I was, we were sort of saying whatever we wanted. And, and some of it was like, sometimes I would invent an entire story and not like, not like lie about something, but just invent a fictional thing. And just, I mean, it would call it fiction, but it was just like a weird thing, whatever that, like, if I felt like writing fan fiction or something on, on that post, I would just do that. And they were like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. And it was just kind of keeping me entertained because it was such a slog. Um, but there were still, there were still, uh, lines drawn, right? So in the, in Europe, if you want to be taken seriously as a journalist, you have to have a state issued journalist card, right? Which I didn't realize. So when I went to try to get the Ferrari, I said, it was always Ferrari. It's always Ferrari. And, you know, you know yeah, when I went to try to get their press kit, their, they, the, uh, you know, the, the six foot six, uh, blonde model, uh, who was manning their, their desk said, you know, where's your, where's your journalist card? You know, and I would say, uh, nah. I would show like whatever, like just some your Malibu Grand Prix like, ID, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and and they would just you know like you know there's no way you're going to touch this you know this beautiful press kit. Um, so this <laughs> the press kit, yeah, yeah, yeah but the press kit was on point back then. I mean, they were gorgeous. I'm, I'm talking about like like these were the best press kits. I wish I, I say what's I in a press kit. I don't even know. What, like what is I, that? I, now? It's just a fucking now. It's just an email. Kit? Yeah, now it's just an email. That's so, so funny, <laughs> Brian. That's so funny. All right, this is great because press kits used to be. I did. I had this. I was funny. I was making fun of uh, Hallmark Channel because my girlfriend and I watch Hallmark Channel just to so we don't you know like go completely so insane. Really don't Hallmark Channel. So you I make don't fun go of crazy. <laughs> Lane's pretty good. That's over really here. good. <laughs> <laughs> Lane has the commemorative blanket that you use to watch the shows. I, I mean, I, you know, like Lacey Chabert from, do you remember yeah, her from uh, Party of Five? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, Mean Girl. Yep. Um, uh, I, so we watch it and I sort of, I can't help but make fun of it because there's so many like tension building thing, but, but it's really just this crazy. Anyway, the, the, the thing I was making fun of this, the fact that there was this, one of the characters uh, was working in an office and they kept putting like actual reports on her desk. And it was like, I checked and I was like, this is 2018. Like nobody's got <laughs> a report on their desk yeah. since like, Dot Matrix know, like, too, oh, like Bernie Madoff's <laughs> But it was like, yeah, with these, with like, but, but that's what press kits were, were, you know, booklets. And sometimes there was a CD ROM, but there was like Ooh. actual paper and really well done. They spent, a fortune on these things. I mean, considering what they paid for their, um, their, their, you know, their booths at these shows on top of that, they had to, you know, get these things printed. They must've been tens of thousands of dollars at the minimum to get these. Wouldn't they also have like, like loose, like poster quality pictures of the car, you know, like you can almost frame those, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, because, yeah, I mean, they still had enough newspaper and, you know, magazine uh, clients that were doing those scans. The idea is basically selling the journalists on the car as much as they can. 
so that then it translates into good press and articles. And so it's like, they're just given well, whatever information well, and I don't know. Well, so, I mean, enough journalists covered every, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, but here's what, this is what journalists would do. And especially in Europe. And I, I, I would, I got, it was overwhelming the amount of material, physical materials that you'd walk home, walk around with. So you could go and say, used to sponsor these, roller carts like uh, the grocery carts in the city you ever see those folding grocery carts so they had these folding grocery carts and they with like a like a, a nylon bag attached to it and you would put all your press materials in it and you would roll your stupid say you know grocery bag roller yeah. around the show and you put all your press materials in and then dhl sponsored uh the the um the shipping of your thing, your, all your press materials. So yes, you would go at the end of the day or the end of the second day, you'd go to the DHL booth and you'd pack all of your shit into a box, a DHL box, fill out your address and they would send it back to your office and go back to your office in a few days. You would have your box of press materials. So quick question. I have to say that. Oh, go ahead. Art. Um, has that made you a lifelong loyal DHL customer? <laughs> um, no, in fact, I <laughs> I don't know what DHL even does anymore. DHL, I know, it like yeah, over, it's all international. It's like in Turkey. Yeah, it's all it's all weird now. Yeah, it's all like like for, freight forwarding and shit. Latvia, yeah. yeah. yeah Anyways, no, so, so Spinelli, how, yeah, we, well, I was just to say, how do we tie this back into? Jalopnik, early Jalopnik to where it is now. Well, I right? want to know real quick, okay, where, yeah, yeah. when did you finish there? And then, yeah, yeah what's your look, outlook on it today? So, when, okay, so I finished there for the first time in 2007, right? So by then I was able to hire, I hired Davey Johnson. Uh, I hired um, Lieberman and Bumbeck and all the original guys. Ray Wirt, uh, I hired him. He was the, um, do you remember Ray Wirt? No, I'm familiar. Remember Ray Wirt? Yeah, the name's yeah. super familiar. Ray, Ray, I have to say, Ray presided over the the biggest growth period of Jalopnik's history. Um, he was sort of. Do you remember the um, uh, the Jalopnik whiskey? Like the anyway, there was all kinds of shit that happened under Ray's watch. Um, I left in two thousand seven. Uh, I went to do some other things, and one of them was uh, I went back to print a little bit, or I went to print because I I had never written for print. And I wanted to, and then I came back again in two thousand eleven. Um, because Zero to Sixty magazine uh, had folded, you were defunct, and, yeah. yeah, and so I needed a place to work, and I didn't want to move to Ann Arbor. And so Ray Ray said, "Hey, why don't you come and you know write for Jalopnik again?" So I came back for another couple of years, and then I stayed sort of as at large after that until uh, until Drive Channel was sold to Time Inc., and then I went over. To so, work. so I remember, I remember like going on Jalopnik probably from like 2004 to 2008 ish or something. Um, wow. that was okay. kind of my era. I think where I would go every morning, kind of check it out. But I, I think I just lost interest after that or I don't know, whatever I was doing other stuff or something. But, uh, <laughs> when did they revamp the site? And I, I remember at one point they revamped the site. Maybe it was when that happened. I don't know. But at one point the site was revamped and everyone was like, fuck Jalopnik. Yeah, and uh, it was the Kinja thing, right? When it started going to, that was like later, like 2012 or something. No. Well, there were a couple of things. So Kinja, so what's interesting about Jalopnik is that even going back to the beginning, when we first started um, opening up the comments, 
because there weren't comments in the beginning. We opened up the comments by, um, by invite only. Right. And we always figured like, we'll start out with invites. And then if, if it, if that doesn't work, we'll just throw open the doors and, you know, but by doing invites, um, people really, I mean, they really started, I guess, feeling like, like a, a kind of ownership uh-huh. of the site. And I thought that was, that was great. Cause they kind of were, they had a, they pleased they really it and stuff. Kind of, and yeah. 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 What's that? They kind of pleased it themselves and yeah, they kind well, of felt special know. and whatever. <laughs> well, they kind of did. But the other thing we used to do was when somebody would, would come, would be like a troll, we would execute somebody from the comments every Friday. Whoa. <laughs> so we had public executions <laughs> on Friday and like, you could never get away with this stuff. Now there's no way that like, you know, uh, that any, anybody who owns a media company would ever allow this, but no. every Friday <laughs> we would take a con and, and we, we, it was very kind of a formal process. It was like you, this is why you're getting bumped. You know, re- why you're getting shot today. You know, That's it's funny. like, here's all, the ter- here's all the terrible shit you said. And like, <laughs> oh, here's why you're garbage. Um, and then we would execute them. And then if they asked, we would put them back on. But like, you know, it was like all of a sudden everybody was involved and they could vote on whether or not, like if, if, if all the commenters said, no, that's not good enough, we wouldn't execute them. Like oh. we, they could get a save execution. Um, interesting. And yeah, so we did all kinds of crap back then just because just to keep ourselves entertained, but it actually helped create that that um, community of the site. And I still know a lot of the commenters from back then because it's, they just became people that kept their Jalopnik names through Twitter and everything else. But the original question was about the, the redesign. And so, you know, I think one of, there are two issues that happened. One of them was the advertising guys needed to, or, or is that advertising, but also editorial. We wanted to, when we had a big story, because we started, or, well, I wasn't really there, but when they started doing big stories, like big scoops or like big, they'd spend a lot of time reporting something and they didn't want it to get buried into the uh, reverse chronological feed. Mm. So like by the end of the day, the thing they spent so much time on is gone. Mm-hmm. So they needed, and this was across all the sites. So they needed to create a way for the site so you could pin a, so uh, featured articles topic. essentially on the on the top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they created this this weird two column yeah, it was thing. Like tiled, yeah, yeah, it was really it was difficult. I mean, they didn't they never really spent a a lot of money until Kinja. They never really spent a bunch of money on on that kind of stuff. It was always very. I just, you know, I just I mean, remember when that happened. People were like, "I don't even understand like how to read it now." It was like a whole thing, um, yeah, and it was like yeah, a yeah. there was a big fuss about it. It was just like, and I think that, you know this was like pre Kinja and all that stuff, but it was like yeah. the there was a revamp, and it was just I don't know. Everyone was like out basically, and they're like Jalopnik used yeah, to be cool, and now it sucks. <laughs> it's it's kind of like when Bring a Trailer started selling cars, right? It was, uh... I gotta, I gotta tell you the story because there's no matter. So this is what I love about Jalopnik. No matter what period it is, there's always somebody that said, "Fuck this, I'm out." Right? <laughs> and and yeah. it's, and we always were like, like every time we would meet somebody new and and they said that, we were like, "Well, what, at what point were you out?" Right? And most of the time, it was like, oh, it was the redesign, or oh, it was Kinja, or it was this <laughs> yeah. time that said this. it was, you know, that." And then finally, this one guy, me and Hank, 
<laughs> Holy shit. Me and Johnny were at a party some, somewhere in Venice or something. And we met this guy. Um, and he's, we were, he said, Oh, it's laughing. I know you guys. Yeah. I, I stopped reading that. You know, I was, I was like, well, when did you stop reading that? And he was like, when, when you guys started using the word hoon. Uh, what? I was like, start wearing the, I think like, I was like, holy shit, when did we start using the word hoon? Like year two? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it was that like, was what, it. 2006? That's, it was like, that did it for him. And he so was weird. Out. Such a small <laughs> thing. It's totally, it's that indie punk band that signs to like a major label. It's exactly yeah. that, right? It's yeah. just like, yeah. it, it, like anything you guys did, like whenever they started, if it changes at all, then they're over. I feel, like, I kind of feel like I remember that. Like the like hoon being a thing there, and it's like, oh man, oh like, save yeah. the, save When the did hoon, you start? Uh, the, when when was hoon the tarmac? The when did that start? The hoon in the day. day, I think, started around two thousand five or two thousand five or six, probably early two thousand six. Yeah. So our buddy um, Andrew Andrew Lehman, um, he was actually featured on Hoon of the Day uh, in oh, his uh, Mitsubishi Stereon, uh, doing donuts and oh. drifting in a parking lot. That <laughs> makes that makes total sense. Was it blue? No, it was a well. It maybe looked blue, but it was with a shitty video. But it was silver. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's. I vaguely. It's funny because I vaguely remember almost. I vaguely remember almost everything that happened in those years. So I mean, I, it sounds familiar. Um, but yeah, I mean, who of the day? And it's funny because Brian Scotto, uh, I when he started zero to sixty, I did a review of. I don't know whether, I think he already knew of Hoon and we, it's funny, it's funny that Hoonigan has become so big because we used to, he, we used to joke about it when I, 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 he came out with Zero to 60 magazine. He had been working on, uh, Rides magazine and he came out with Zero to 60 and was like this, like, you know, European style or, or UK, almost UK style. UK, it was almost like a UK magazine, like car or, uh, Evo meets Super Street or Sport Compact Car. Yeah. Those were like, yeah, I the, used to get, the, I used to get it when it came, when it first started. Yeah. And so Scott and I sort of had exactly the same sort of, you know, um, I, I guess influences when it comes to that. Cause it was like, he was a little bit more with the tuner scene and I was a little bit, um, a little bit less, I guess, than him because I'm a little bit older than him, but, um, I did an interview. I did a review of zero to 60 when it came out. And then, then, uh, and then, yeah. And, and then I ended up over there, but like Hoon was like this, it was, we used it a lot and we used it a, a ton and it was almost, it didn't feel played out. <laughs> and somehow he kept it's an Australia it. thing, right? Yeah. Well, Australia, it and the UK. it's, it's a, it's a newspaper headline, a posture. It's a newspaper headline way to shorthand hooligan. So, so it was like football hooligans was football H O O apostrophe and, right? So I then actually did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, that so then, it was a UK thing. I for some reason I always pictured it being coming from Australia. But, yeah, I mean, I they, think there was there too probably, team. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're yeah they did they did probably because it was football it was probably well their football was probably Commonwealth I guess Commonwealth nation yeah. Right, I don't know if Canada did. It <laughs> we'll see. Maybe you know those yeah. New Zealand big hooning is big in New Zealand. Hooning in New Zealand, right? Absolutely. So um, somehow it got ported over to cars from football, and then hoon, hoons. Uh, when they when in the UK they were I don't know if you remember. Uh, I did a piece on the Lotus Carlton, and 
in that piece, we were talking about those smash and grab robberies that were happening in the UK around that time. So I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. So I think like in the late nineties, they were starting to use hoon to mean hooligan in an automotive sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's where that came from. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think it sort of came out of that huh. era of, you know, vehicular insanity happening there. So do you uh, read Jalopnik every day still? I don't, but it's not because I don't like those guys. I, I'm sort of, Matt Farah said this once, like he doesn't watch any videos and I don't read anything. And it's sort of, it's not because I, and I do when I, I do when somebody sends me something that I, that is really good. I just, I don't really have the time. And it's sort of like, I don't get as much enjoyment out of it as I used to because I'm so intensely involved in yeah, it. You're, you're immersed. Not, yeah. You've seen how the hot yeah, dogs are made. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, there, I don't think I ever read Jalopnik every day to be fair to Jalopnik. I mean, I, it was always, um, I always found something on it that I liked and read, but like anything Turchinsky does, I kind of read, but, um, yeah, I mean, they do, you know, it's the thing about there's so many, there are only so many time, hours in the day and there's so much stuff that they put out every day. Um, and there's so much other stuff I want to read that I, I always end up not, but I, you know, I mean, I keep going back to it. I don't, um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it, it's sort of a shame to see what's going on over there. Um, because, uh, it's, uh, you know, their new management is so far off of what, the original intent of all of those sites was um, that it's sad to me. I think it's really sad because I think it, it's inevitable that a lot of the, um, the real fundamental irreverent things that they did are going to be gone. Like they can't say nice price or crack pipe anymore. Cause crack pipe is not in the, oh, right. not a, they're not allowed to say it. And Rob does great stuff. And like, I don't, I, you know, I mean, I, I liked nice price or crack pipe. And it's not cause it came up during my era, but like, I mean, maybe it's, maybe, I don't know, maybe if, I don't know. I think, I think there's the, 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 the danger of going too corporate with something that was, whether it was like, I don't know, national lampoon back in the day or like Jalopnik and all the Gawker sites is like, what, how does it grow up? And, not become VH1 in the nineties. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and like the uncool version of itself. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Do Uh, do you think, I do think Jalopnik had that. It did have that like zine feel kind of, um, you know, it's very, very grassroots. And I kind of always, I always tied it because we were, we were, you know, we did lemons racing like at the beginning, right when it started. And I always, that always felt, they felt very much alike to me. Um, just yeah. the way they, the attitude and everything and like, kind of like no fucks giving, kind of like whatever we're, we're going to say what we want and we're going to be kind of like, you know, Jay, Jay has that, that same kind of voice that Jalopnik had at that yeah. time. I guess your voice. Um, well, Nick, so funny. I mean, I wish I was as funny as Jay. I think that's the, that was the thing is like, Jay, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, and I, I appreciate the the connection because I I really do think we were trying to do similar things, and um, Jay Jay nailed the voice of Lemons 
uh, in a way that I hope we did with Jalopnik. And I'm not sure whether we did or not because it was too close to it. But, but I, I mean, his voice for, uh, for lemons is exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's exactly how I felt about it too. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that nice price, nicer, the crack pipe one, that was like very lemons, right? That's just like, yeah. I mean, I mean, not saying like it's copying lemons or anything, but they're just very on the same, on the In same spirit, page, right? basically. It's, it's the same yeah. type of yeah. personality. And like when sure. we would do lemons, they would have the, you know, the award, the, the punishment for polluting too much was that you had to plant a tree and people would throw tofu at you. And that's kind of like the same, <laughs> along the same, the same lines. Right. Well, and what's interesting is that, that I finally got Jay Graydon to write for us and uh, no, Jay, Jay Graydon, you know, what's so funny. Oh, Jay. Jay Graydon is a studio <laughs> guitar player. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, who, who oh, I'm like, so fucking lab like ever said he had a Anyway, want to hear some pop cultural Jay shit? <laughs> Jay Graydon did the solo on the Steely Dan song Peg. Uh, and if you ever listen to Peg, Asia. it's that. Yeah. Yes, right. Fantastic. Jay Graydon did the only, and then I, I guess, um, uh, yeah, he, I think that's the only song he did the solo on. Okay. Um, anyway, Jay. <laughs> also a good automotive uh, Bill, writer. Bill Graydon. <laughs> Bill Graydon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so Phil, um, Phil, Phil had Collins a lot of that voice. Yeah. Murley, yeah. Phil Murley. Donahue. Murley, 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 Murley. Murley. Yeah. Murley Martin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That, yes, that makes exactly. sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Go, go to Spotify after this and listen to the guitar. <laughs> I love that song. I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. So all of those guys, um, I mean, that was really fun. I have to say, like, there, I don't think I've ever had as much fun, except probably at zero to 60 also, um, with, like, you know, uh, it was sort of like being in a band again. It was, it was sort of like being a, you know, a garage band in the best times, right? Not the time when everybody's egos were, like, you know, everybody wants the best guitar solo or whatnot, but like the time when you're like just sitting on the couch, you know, and just hanging out. And it was like, that's what we did for most of the day on uh, instant messenger. And we just came up with the dopiest shit sometimes. And, and, and it, yeah, I mean, it's not really duplicable, duplicatable, duplicatable, yeah. <laughs> duplicatable. Um, and I, and I don't know what the, uh, what the equivalent is now. I think it's probably video and I'm not sure. Oh yeah, what, for sure. It's TikTok or something, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was really a Gen X moment because like we all grew up, you know, reading zines or printing out zines on someone's dad's copier at their office or going to shows and coming back and with shitty photos. And I, you know, I, I got to interview the guy from the Cro-Mags or something. It was like this sort of, you know, this was the, we were just trying to capture that a little bit as, you know, slightly older versions of that, yeah, you know. Yeah. And well, it definitely had that like punk rock feel. So it was, you know, yeah. Yeah, the name. Definitely, I, 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 I definitely yeah. think it's changed. Then Autoblog was, um, they've, they've gone full on like just, Facts, they, they were a little factual. looser back then, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yeah. And then, cause like they shared our, our lemons video that we put out. Um, Autoblog did, and uh, we were like crashing into everyone and pit maneuvering people and all this stuff. <laughs> and then now it's very just like, here's the new Nissan Quest. Da, 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 you know, like yep. it's very yeah. Well, 
you know, it's funny in the beginning, I think their whole, their, their ethos was to be the blog of record. And that was they, that everything that came out, everything that was important that happened that day, they were going to cover exactly the way it happened. And, and, um, and then they started getting some real characters there. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, I think, you know, um, I think that eventually they couldn't help themselves because as much as they tried to keep the lid down, some of those guys, uh, were, uh, were really ended up being talented and, and kind of funny. So like they ended up kind of in spite of, or maybe, but maybe sort of because of the, the structure that they had, um, they ended up being pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I can admit that now because I don't have to like elbow, you know, Powkert out of the way to get to the GTR, you know, launch. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, can't, I can't remember it was who it was Nunez or Powkert. I mean, all those guys. We were, I just, we, we were so competitive, but at the same time, it was really fun. Um, you know, I just remember the GTR launch in, at the Tokyo Motor Show, where, I mean, we, I had to get. It was basically the point was I had to get because there was no leaks, there was no you know, embargoes, none of that stuff back then. It was like, whatever I got at the launch, you know, at the, um, at the event or the press, press conference. Um, and then if I could grab the, you know, whatever the, uh, the press release was, and then I would run downstairs to the press room and then get the post and all the photos up. And then somebody back in New York would try to get it up on dig or, or FARC or whatever the hell was, was big back then. Or, um, you know, uh, delicious with it. I don't know. There were a bunch of those. So there wasn't uh, like embargoes or anything. It was just like, you were just um, able to do stuff, you know, like that. No, no, it was the, the embargo was like when the, it was uh, earlier. Well, no, the embargo was the, the, the minute of the press conference. Cause there was no, they wouldn't send out embargoed information. I think back then they probably just had started cause they were still not really sending out all the press stuff. Digitally, digitally because there was still enough like the newspaper guys were pissed when they did that so they had to deal with magazine and newspaper guys that were like no you have to send us the, the physical thing yeah um i mean i guess there were some embargoes but a lot of the like those you know by the minute embargoes probably weren't quite as um as sort of as sort of important to the industry as they are now. Yeah. Now it doesn't seem like there's any scrambling though. It's all, you know, it's like, Oh, this car is coming out and basically right. you get, everyone gets to drive it and you all get to do your thing. And then three weeks from now, you're allowed to post it at 12, you know, at noon right. on Actually, whatever this date. No, it's a good point. Cause I remember now we couldn't get the embargoes. That's why. So it was like only the magazines got the embargo. Oh, stuff. Okay. So we, I think even Autoblog at that point, eventually we all started getting the embargo stuff. But like, um, you weren't trusted. I think even Autoblog, yeah, they, we weren't trusted <laughs> yet. And, and I know, I mean, it's true. Like they didn't, they really weren't, they couldn't, they couldn't convince the older vice presidents that we were not going to make them look like a bunch of schmoes yeah. in some way, you know, like and because of the, whatever we wrote was going to make them look bad. Yeah. So, well, and they have um, relationships with all of these other entrenched media guys where it's like, it's just an interesting setup where, um, they would probably tend to favor the guys that they have relationships with. Uh, so they get them the stuff as early as possible, perhaps. And then, uh, it takes a long time for the cycle to, you know, for their media to get to the end consumer. 
On the other hand, yeah. you guys are coming in there. They're not giving you any early access, but you see it right away and you're able to actually beat <laughs> to the consumer maybe until they figure all the timing out of it, which oh, is yeah. where, where we're at today now, I'm sure. Right. And, and long lead. I mean, there's still long lead. Uh, launches where the magazine guys will go earlier because they have a longer lead, and then the then the embargo, like the short lead guys, YouTubers and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's still there's still a bit of that. I mean, um, I it, you know, um, you know, it's funny. The relationships are important, and they were they were important. I can see how they're important. Like even the relationships that I've made over the last fifteen years. I can see how younger guys that are, that are starting their own thing, whether it's a blog or it's something else are kind of pissed off that they're not getting the same access too. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I think we've sort of, um, I, I think in, in some ways, like the organ, the, the, um, the media organizations like IMPA, I was the president of IMPA for a minute about 10 years ago. That's Impa, kind of like, is that like IMPA Limpa? Oompa Loompa? Yeah, it's like IMPA Oompa Loompa. But these, these organizations of, of regional media, right? So it's like IMPA is International Motor Press Association. That's the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut guys. Uh, there's um, NEMPA. I think that's up in northern Northeast. And then there's MPG in, in LA. Um, and so before we came along, they were not even allowing digital media folks in those organizations at all. And so, you know, uh, when I came along to join IMPA, it was just to get the card so that when I went to Europe, it would look like I had a journalist card. Right. Um, And that was what they did back then. But those organizations had been around for years. It's just that it was like newspaper and magazine guys and in big markets that, that hung out together. And eventually, like, they started letting the digital guys in so that it gave, it helped give the digital guys of that time more legitimacy so that because they could meet the PR people at those luncheons and stuff and, you know, and sort of watch the old guys grill the PR guys the way they're supposed to um, and uh, and not sort of take no for an answer or at least try to step on them a bit, you know, just to kind of get, cause I mean, the older, I think there was a lot to learn from the older journalists back then. Cause they really, they were not, it's not that they, it's not that they knew more. It's just that they, they were, they knew that they had their, their whole job was to be grumpy and to not, not take what the PR person said hmm. um, as, as, you know, as the gospel of, of what, what was going on. And, and I'm not, it's not that they always got something, got them to say something else, but it's sort of like, if you were a younger digital journalist, you learned a lot from just hanging out with these older guys. Even if you were like, ah, these guys don't know X, Y, and Z about digital media. You sort of understood that you do have a kind of responsibility to your audience to, to try to get, you know, get these guys to talk about their product, you know, in broader terms than they want to. Um, It's very difficult to do that in the, you know, in automotive media because it's so, you know, it's all, it's all the the messaging is so tight now. It's not, there's no, there's nobody, there's no PR person that's going to have too many gin and tonics and then tell you too many things. I mean, it's just, they, you know, that just doesn't really happen. anymore. So So before, anyway, 
Yeah. With, the, with the old, like it, back in the day, did you like the old guys, the Peter Egan's and, you know, stuff like that. Were they, do you think they were, they hated I, us. Okay. But I have a feeling like today, like, right. Not like you, you're, 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 you know, today, a lot of the journalists don't tend to be that into cars. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Like no, no one's had a lot of people haven't had ownership experience of more than one car or two cars. It feels very like disingenuous in that way. Um, yeah, for, to I, me I, at I least. Know. And I'm wondering, I think, I mean, I, I'm thinking back then, like those guys were more like genuine car guys, right? Like, is that true oh. or is that not? Uh, there were guys that didn't own cars because all they did was get press cars. Yeah, okay. I mean, we came up with Frank Bacon because of those guys. I mean, all the newspaper they, guys were like that probably, right? Yeah. There have always yeah. been hacks. Yeah, yeah. There have, there's never a time in history that there hasn't been hacks. There haven't been hacks. Yeah. And, and so, um, it's just hard because I, I, you know, we, you always read these things and it's like, it'll be an article a guy writes and it's like a genuine article. And he's like, you know, I've had one car and this is yeah. like, I bought this, like this car from, and I've had it since I was, you know, but I, you know, I think our opinion is that like ownership, like ownership of several cars and length and having, a, having cars definitely like builds your, your car. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, so yeah. Your knowledge basically. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Especially if you're writing for consumers. And I think that's what's so, so what's interesting about the car journalism world is that there are so, <sighs> this is where it gets weird. If you're writing for a general audience, right? It, it doesn't really matter. However, most, most automakers aren't spending on newspaper media anymore. Basically, here's the thing. Car makers are either trying to get their car in front of people who are about to buy something, right? So the bottom of the purchase funnel, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is on the outside chance that they're trying to build the brand, then they go to the, the enthusiast mm -hmm. stuff, right? And so, but at the same time, but all of these, all these media companies have grown up, you know, to, to, to produce automotive content of a certain kind. Right. And, um, at, you know, if you're writing for, if you're like the car writer for a mainstream publication, like Vanity Fair, for example, I mean, you know, all right, that, that I don't want to mess with Brett Burke because Brett Burke is one of the most prolific guys and he's owned a bunch of cars and he owns, you know, he's got a, a an old Range Rover and a Fiat and all kinds of stuff. So, so not Brett particularly, but, um, but a lot of the, a lot of the people who started writing for lifestyle media, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it yeah. really doesn't matter because you're not going to read that. Um, I'm not going to read it. And it's almost better. Their voice is more genuine for the audience of that magazine. It's the article and, and it's the men's weird. health article about the five best supercars or something, right? Or exactly. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I used to write for, for, um, I used to write for, uh, Maxim ah. and Maxim was all about like, what's cool about this thing. Yeah. And nobody cares whether it's good or not. Cause it's right. an AMG black. He's like, well, nobody, nobody, yeah. you know, give it. So I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there are different writers for different purposes. Right. So like, I mean, there's so many good automotive journalists that don't get their due. 
And I think that I, I, I know there are a lot of people that sort of phone it in, but they're not phoning it in for, um, I don't know. They're not, if they're doing, they're not the people doing lightning lap, uh, you know, at uh, car and driver, you know, um, Casey's doing that and, and Aaron Robinson is doing that and, or not anymore, but like Tony, Tony Kuroga. Yeah, yeah, Kuroga's doing it and, and, um, Tingwall's doing it. And those guys can all drive and they can all, they all know a, a lot about the products. So, I mean, it's really just like, you got to find the, find the, if you're, what, what kind of enthusiast are you? Like, what do you want to get out of it? You know, I mean, are you going to read Motor IQ and everybody is, uh, an engineer basically. I mean, that's, if, if you're at that level, then go there. Like, I don't, I think that, I think that it's sort of like, you really just have to have blinders on and know what you want to get well, out now of it. You can choose, right? There's so much out yeah. there. Yeah. We're back in the exactly. day. It was just your paper or your magazines, right? Like whichever exactly. magazine you, I mean, you got. Well, that brings me right. to just a quick question before we move on is how do you consume automotive content now? What, how do you stay up to date? What's your go-to's? Wow. Really? So I, I've always, um, it's really, I guess, so how do I stay up to date? I mean, I get a lot of press stuff. So I, I sort of stay up to date with what the, what the companies are are sending out. Um, how else, you know, I read uh, race car engineering just cause I, I like it. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not particularly good at, the wrenching part. I mean, I, I get myself in trouble and then have to get help to get it out of it. But sometimes I make it work, but I have a kind of a, um, you know, I it's sort of an, uh, I wish I was an engineer kind of thing. So I, I, sort of, and I think that's, it goes back to in the old days, I used to try to interpret internet technology for people who have no idea what a server is. So I think that I always sort of took that, you know, when I was going to write something, I, I was going to try to come up with something interesting from the technical side and interpret it for someone who may not know how that works or what that is. So I, I've always sort of, even though I'm not great at it, I sort of tend toward the technical stuff because I wish I was better at it, I think is a right. way to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested. It's, it's sort of more interesting to me. Um, uh, and, but a lot of the guys who's you're talking about, you know, um, the sort of best automotive journalists, a lot of them have an engineering background. So, um, I can kind of go to them and ask, right. Or they're, or it's like Camisa, who's just, you know, an, an in, who's insane for details. You know I mean? It's like, I think there are, he's just insane. Are, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's insane, but like I go to Camisa, if I, if there's a car, I really, really, really want to know every dopey thing about. It. And also Doug, like Doug and Miro, like I know that, I know that Doug, what Doug, has done is important. I don't always, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I like him. He's a good guy. And, um, I can't watch him all the time because I just, I don't want to know that much about every car, but sometimes, yeah. I mean, sometimes you put, you put on a Doug video and you really can get a lot of information really quickly. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I sort of bounce around a lot. Um, that sounds like, but, kind but of you're the, doing your thing at drive. So you're getting all the, all the stuff and, anyways. And then you're, and, you're yeah. the one putting it out. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, what's happening to me now is that now I'm spreadsheet guy and I'm, I'm running the business side. So, gotcha. um, which I've always sort of done 50%. So like I'm out there and then I'm not. And then it's like, it's like, I, you know, um, I miss a lot of things now. So, I mean, I, you know, it, it 
it's, it's still, it's still fun and interesting. And I think I'm, I'm interested in solving some problems in the business. Uh, and I mean, in the industry totally not our business particularly, but, um, so I, I'm still sort of nerdy for that. So I don't, but I'm just, so I'm not quite as involved as I was. Um, but I do read all the stuff and, um, you know, just trying to know every, most everything that comes out, by the way, Kia K5 is going to be really interesting. Sorry. Hmm, yeah. Are you still doing the show on NBC sports or is that, um, I mean, COVID. TV, probably... Well, we definitely COVID to COVID put a damper on that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I'd like to keep going. It's not officially, <laughs> um, it's not officially canceled in any way. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's really fun. And it's because it's fun because we get to see each other once a year, at least like even because everybody's so damn busy, like the British guy is like, you know, he's like the Brad Pitt of, of, of UK now. So he's tough to get, get hold of. Um, so at least once a year, we all get to, um, mess around for a few weeks yeah. together. So that's, um, it's still fun. I don't know though that it, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, NBC. Yeah, I mean, we might, it might end up, you know, I, I mean, they did, they they have this, that Peacock channel thing that they're doing. I mean, maybe, maybe hopefully we'll be able to do something for that. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, <laughs> I wish I had a, a more de- definitive answer for you, but that's, you know, that's all I got. But I'd like to. All good. All good. Um, what do you guys think? Do you want to wrap this up now and then we can start Sunday and maybe take some more questions then like a Sunday part two? Yeah, I think two. we just, we just, we can just keep going and we can yeah. split it into two episodes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah? We'll have a, we'll have a part two Spinelli. Wow. What's the, what's the cliffhanger going to be? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Gotta work on that. So we're part two s- that. sending a guy to your house without a mask. Uh, <laughs> there he is. He's right there. Look at him. Look, open that. Open that oh, no, cupboard. No, no. That Patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Do you enjoy the DWA podcast? Give us a little love and support us on Patreon and get some awesome bonuses like a weekly exclusive Patreon podcast, exclusive stickers, koozies, and discounts on everything in our store, early access to rallies and other DWA events, and much, much more. Um, yeah. It really helps us out if you become a patron of the podcast and we hook you up with some really cool stuff. So join us now at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Thanks.